you're listening to MOD Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see real and practical Christians from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we're going to be looking at Romans 1 and down. We started the Romans series a while back and uh, I've not been on the mic for a bit, but I'm back. And so we're going to be continuing our series on Romans. And so we're looking at Romans 1 from verse 21 actually because we stopped at verse 20 okay but let's back track to verse 20 it says for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen all right so for since the creation of the world since the world was made his what invisible attributes are clearly seen so for them to say for since the creation of the world it means that god created the world and he made sure to leave his, how will I put it, fingerprint. He made sure to leave evidence of the fact that he made the world. He left evidence for the fact that he is in charge. He made the world. And so he says, he says, being understood by the things that are made. All right. So the things that are made actually point to the maker. The things that are made point to a maker. And that's why it's a bit foolish to look at the world and say that there is no maker. Okay? It's like if I keep bread on the table. Okay, that one, I'm not even the maker of the bread. But if I keep bread on the table, just imagine your house. Imagine that you came back from school or from wherever and you saw bread on the table. You will not assume that that bread magically appeared you would know that someone kept the bread on the table. And in fact, this has been the source of fights in many families over generations and centuries where somebody kept the bread and you went and pretended that nobody kept the bread or the bread had no owner or the bread had no (laughs) no ownership properties and you took the bread and you broke it and you had communion. All right? there will be fights because somebody kept the bread same way look at the world around you look at how well designed the world around you is look at everything and you still have human beings telling us that they don't believe that this world had a designer alright and I mean that's quite convenient because if the world did not have a designer that means there will be no God alright that means the world just came by itself and that means that nobody has to answer to anybody which is quite convenient if you think about it you know there is the implication of or let's, let me say it like this I want you to think of the implication of there not being a God if there is no God it means there is no creator alright no creator of heaven and earth no creator of the world we live in no creator of you and me all right and if there is no creator of you and me it means we just appeared here by some random improbability or chance which is actually impossible literally but we just arrived here and if we are here without a god or someone that made us it means we owe nothing to anybody 
we don't owe anything to a God who made us, but also we owe nothing to the people around us. We owe nothing. We owe no one nothing. Like we can actually just act the way we want to act. We can do whatever we want to do. We can live however we want to live. We don't have to have a conscience. We can say whatever we want to say, right? There will be nothing wrong with stealing. There will be nothing wrong with fighting. There will be nothing wrong with killing. After all, it's a it's a random, crazy kind of world that we live in because nobody's responsible for anything. You came from nothing. You, you know, and let me say this. You cannot remove God from the world we live in and this world will still make sense. It is impossible. You can't take God out of the equation and anything will make sense. No. Genesis 1 starts with, in the beginning, God, for a reason. God is what makes everything make sense. Right? Aha. In Paul will say it like this, in him we move, live and move and have our being. You, you can't take God out of the equation. <laughs> no. If anyone will leave the equation to be you, it can't be God. Because taking God out of the equation makes nothing make sense. Everything becomes silly. There becomes no purpose for living. Think about it. I mean, what's the purpose for life? There is no purpose. If there is no there's no hope, there is no God, there's no there's nothing holding you together. You're just alive. You're just living. Why should you even wake up and go to work? Why should you I mean, just go and steal money. Just go and you know, why should you wait to get married for sex? Just go out and rape somebody or something. Why should you wait for anything at all? Why? There is no sense. But you have a bunch of people trying to make sense of the world without God. The good world that we see today, and I say good world in the sense that at least in the world, we can agree on a lot of things. We can agree on the fact that it's wrong to do this, it's wrong to do that. You know, the world that we live in that has justice and a lot of things, we, we can highly attribute it to the Christian worldview. That is Christianity. Christianity changed the world that we live in so drastically. That is, if you imagine the world before Christ and the world after Christ, you know, many years after Christ, this world is highly because or highly, um, what's the word, manifested because of Christianity. There was no Christianity. No, we would be in a very, very terrible place. Terrible place. So let's read on. Okay, so it says for... The creation, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, right? Being understood by things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, all right? So you can look at things made and say, there is a God, okay? And now it says, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. So this is now, this is where we start getting into what I call man's problem, man's and this you can even trace this down to adam this is man's problem it says they knew god but they did not glorify him as god no we're thankful they knew him as god this is god they knew that there's god because it is no you knew but they did not glorify him as god they didn't give him his rightful place they didn't honor him as god you see that no were they thankful and that's quite interesting when you think about it. It says, no, really thankful. In other words, it means that one response you should have to knowing that there is a God is to be thankful. Is to be thankful that there is a God who made you, created you, and gave, gave you life, gave you the earth. If you look at the earth, the earth is beautiful. 
all right the earth is one is beautiful and i mean someone might say yeah but uh, how about all the suffering on the earth and every and that, that's another topic but the earth is a wonderful place that god made the first thing or the first um attitude you should have towards a creator is gratitude that you were made i mean let me ask you a question regardless of how your situation is would you rather not have been made would you rather not exist or are you not rather happy that you exist you are conscious you can think you can imagine you can listen to this podcast you can you know i mean just think about it it is better to be made than to not be made in fact the adages that will say it's better to be a a dog that is alive than a lion that is dead all right but the truth is that a lion is dead okay let me just say being dead actually is it doesn't mean non-existence you still exist you're still conscious just that you're probably conscious in hell or heaven or something but when it comes to the earth as you are now it is better to be alive so thankfulness gratefulness the air you are breathing great to be grateful that you can breathe the air all right to be grateful to be thankful so the, now, so this is what happens when we don't glorify God. Because it said, if you look at verse 20 or I think, yeah, no, it's verse 19 or 18, 18 actually. The Bible says that they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, people know there's a God. They, you know that there is God, but you suppress the truth. Like you don't want it to be true. You just, you take that truth and bury it somewhere. And let me even say, this is not just for atheists, if you think about it, because... Um, I mean, we're talking about one true God, the one God that made everything. And yeah, you can be an atheist and just say there's no God and ignore that that go your way. But you can also be somebody who believes in God, but you will now see that the way you live your life or conduct yourself is as if there is no God. That is, you suppress that truth of God so you can do what you want to do with your life. Because if there is a God, your life is not your own. If there is a God, you owe that life you have to God. Your reason for living will come from that God. And that God would have a standard for your life. He would have a way that he wants you to live your life. Because he designed your life to be lived that way. And anything outside that would be abuse. So he says, they knew him, did not glorify him. They were not thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts all right they became what futile in their thoughts and i think it's always very important to bring up when you see words like futile um you you want to bring up the how i put it the definition or the dictionary the dictionary definition because you don't want to be hanging in limbo okay so as i'm talking to you i'm actually doing that so Romans 1 and that's verse 20 yeah 21 okay so there are two things I usually do when I come across words that are just very interesting I mean futile is a word we use sometimes okay alright so King James actually says because this is New King James I'm reading from it says but became vain in their imagination so that word vain actually means to to become empty or foolish in their imaginations or to become idolatrous or become wicked there are just different words for it all right they became vain foolish in their imaginations all right foolish in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened okay so i think i like that word foolish 
they became futile in their thoughts. So now, so in other words, look at this. So they didn't retain, they didn't put God before them as creator. Okay? God was not the number one in their life. God, God wasn't the, they didn't put him where he's supposed to be. So they began to think apart from God. You see, God already has a standard, a way of doing things, a way of life, which is wisdom. You get the same way there's just common sense things that you do, right? Which is like, okay, for example, you wake up, you brush your teeth. Those are common sense things. Those are common sense that are common to all men. Or all men. <laughs> but when it comes to, um, or when you're dealing with something like, uh, you know, or with God, with morality and all that stuff. So, for example, thou shall not steal. That's God, right? And there's a reason because stealing will affect other human beings, right? When God created all men in his image, in that sense, and it means every man has value, every man has worth. So why would you go and steal from someone, take what someone has earned or what belongs to someone else, okay? And then if the person does it to you, you will not be happy, but you rather do it to somebody. It just tells you that there's something wrong with that format. There's actually something pretty, pretty wrong with that format. And so... God actually has a standard. So when you begin to take your thoughts or think apart, you say they, they, they became foolish or futile in their thoughts or empty, it means they began to think apart from God, think outside of God, right? They began to exclude God or his word from their thinking. It says that their foolish hearts were what darkened. Obviously, because the light, God's God's word is light. God is light. When you are you are away from God, you will be dark. That is, and to be darkened would mean to begin to grope in the dark. You begin to have no clue about what you're doing. Like you have zero clue of what you're doing. You, you begin to stumble. You begin to try to find your own way because God has already provided light. Bible tells us that it is not a man to direct his own path. It's not a man. It's not in you to actually determine your life and to 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 govern your life to direct your own life. And so when you you refuse to let God do that, what happens is that you begin to stumble in the dark. You begin to find your own way. So look at verse 22. It says, professing to be wise, they became fools. <laughs> Did you see that? So professing to be wise. Why are they professing to be wise? That is, they are seeking wisdom outside God. And this is it, ladies and gentlemen, that we, this is actually what we do, right? We, we try to seek wisdom outside God. We try to go our own way, right? We try to uh, do our own thing. We try to run our own lives the way we want to run it. I mean, you have people arguing about all kinds of things today. All kinds of things from sexuality. Uh, no, no, no. I, I don't think uh, it's not fair. It's, it's quite interesting, I must say, how we just love to question God. We just love to question God. You know, Job did that. And then God had to ask him some questions. You should go and look at how the book of Job ended. And by the time God stood and asked him some questions, <laughs> he said, where were you? <laughs> right? When I told the oceans that you can only come this far. In other words, when I made the oceans and I gave them a boundary that you cannot pass here to the land. Where were you? Or do you know how I did it? He was asking Job this question. So these are complex thoughts very complex that is when you think about who god is and how he did what he did you know there are many things that are beyond our grasping there are many things that are beyond what we can we can think about there are things that are so beyond us right as human beings when it comes to god that the truth is our minds are finite our minds cannot fully grasp 
God in the sense of his might, his majesty, his ability, you know, who he is and all that stuff, his wisdom. We can't. You get God can only let, try to share with us some <laughs> nuggets <laughs> in the word. You, you can't really fully grasp it. And so you see one person saying, why did God make me a man? Why did God make me a woman? Uh, you know, this, that, that, that. You know, why, why did God leave me in this family? Why this? You know, you're asking some questions that are higher than you. You understand? You're asking questions that are much higher. We question everything now. Uh, who, who says that it must be only male and female? You're questioning gender that has been there, but God put there for a reason. You're questioning it. Uh, why must sex be only inside marriage? Why can't it be outside marriage? Uh, God made it that way. And there's a reason why. God is wiser than you. You are foolish. He's wise. He made you. <laughs> you didn't make yourself. The very fact that you didn't make yourself should tell you something. The one who made you in all your complexities, look at the way you are. The one who made you knows best what is good for you. And so they are professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. Trying to be wise, trying to look wise outside of God. No, you become a fool. You become foolish. Right? In fact, let me even give a bonus. I'll actually look for the meaning of the word fool. Something we don't think about. But let's see what the Oxford Dictionary calls fool. A person who acts unwisely. A silly person. Are you seeing that? You act unwisely. <laughs> so, I guess we should have to go to the word wise. What does the word wise mean? Right? If you act unwisely, what does the word wise you know, mean? Let's see if we can find... Um, a dictionary definition of the word wise. Okay, so it says having or showing experience, knowledge, and good judgment. All right, being sensible. Okay, so in other words, applying common sense. Someone who applies common sense. So it means that when you you take yourself from God's view or God's eyesight, you begin to look like a fool. Okay. Verse 23, and change the glory of the incorruptible or uncorruptible. Let me go into my, when I start reading King James. King James is is special. Like, you have to, if you're reading King James, you, you should be reading it with New King James. Like, that's the way I go back and forth. Because sometimes King James will just hook your throat like this. Ah, what's that? So, it says, that's uh, 23, Okay. And they change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. So it's quite interesting that they um, use the word incorruptible. All right. That word incorruptible is actually the word immortal. Right. Aha. Uh-huh. Immortal. The incorruptible God is actually the word that incorruptible or immortal God. They change the glory of the immortal God now. Let's go back into our dictionary and look at the word immortal, okay? So, the word immortal here, it says one who lives forever, one who never dies or decays. I seen that. So, the immortal God, the God who lives forever, they change the glory of the God who lives forever into an image made like corruptible man. In other words, made like perishable man they reduce god that's what they are saying here they reduce god to man's level are you seeing that so they rejected god but they they also reduced god to man's level in other words they made themselves god they made themselves god they reduced god to their level 
into an image like corruptible man. That is, it began, God lost his place <laughs> in their minds. So maybe, I think that's another podcast episode where we talk about the attribute of God. Yeah, I think we'll do another one. Let me even probably write it down somewhere. I will do another one called the attributes of God. When we say God, what do we mean? The attributes of God. Maybe the problem is that you think that God is Zeus. <laughs> Zeus is a very weak God, or maybe he's Kratos. No, you think that. Let me see, let me even let me even say this to all those uh, God of War fans. If Kratos uh, or Kratos lived in reality, obviously there will only be one God. All those other gods will be nonsense. Now, even if he had all his might and super strength, he, he could not come anywhere near <laughs> near de- defeating God. It's like it's like the whole idea or concept of Satan defeating God, you know, or, or when we say when there was war in heaven and everything, and then Michael the Archangel, you know, uh, that's fought the dragon, the dragon being Satan, and and people think that that actually means that Satan went after God or God's throne. That that's that's crazy. That's that's. Because you don't know what, who God is. That's insane. Look, everything else was made. That's what the Bible says. And there was nothing that has made, you know, that he did not make. Everything, all things were made by him. Like, everything was literally made by him. Angels were made by him. In fact, angels were made servants. Hebrews chapter 1. Are they not ministering spirits sent forth? He made them. Ministering is the word servant. Are they not servant spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? He made them for man. He made angels for man. And so, how is it possible that a made being and to be made to, to, to be made means that you cannot be infinite. You cannot have infinite ability like God. God has infinite ability. You can't be omnipotent. You can't be all-powerful. It is impossible. You were made. So you cannot be. You cannot in any way come near dragging with the one that made you. It is like saying clay can, can come after the potter. God will say, you are the potter, I am the clay. It's like saying clay. You take clay. 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 Have you ever held clay in your hand before? Clay is dumb. Like, clay is, if you think about clay, clay is dumb. Clay, of course, is non-living, but it's dumb. Like, that is actually how we are to God in the sense of, in the gap of intelligence, in the gap of wisdom, in the gap of power, and all those things. we infinitely more. Imagine clay. Just imagine clay. And you take Clay, I don't care whether it's an angel or man, and clay, you know, because he can think, will now say, I'm going to take over the most high. I'll, I'll. No, it's not possible. Listen to, I don't know why I'm digressing to this. <laughs> Listen to what Satan says. Satan, in, in, in those, I think, was it, uh, I think we'll do a separate one more. In the book of Kings or, no, not, was it Kings? Isaiah, you know, okay, there are two parts in the Old Testament where Satan spoke. And the two parts, he was actually speaking through a king. He was found in the heart of a king. His activities were found in the heart of a king. That is, he a king. He was influencing a king. Just as the stand likes to hide around authority. 
and he was saying something. He said, I will be like the most high. I will be like the most high. When he said like the most high, you have to realize that the closest he could ever get to be like the most high, right, is was was actually to be like man. That was actually like the closest he could be. In other words, his envy was man. Yes. Remember God would say, who are man that you? Or David would say like this, who had man that you are mindful of him, right? The Bible says God made man after his own image and likeness. We're just talking about the fact that God would put his spirit in man. But even without that, there are attributes of man that are like God. Man can think, man can reason, you know, certain things that are, are similar. The only way Satan could have actually come near, I will be like the most high, is to be like man. Is to attain what man should have attained. That is the only way. There is nothing else for him. He's, a, he's an angel, he's a ministering spirit. You need to understand, God, if God just decides that nothing he made will exist anymore, in a split second, everything will not exist. In a micro nanoseconds, everything will not exist. God is all powerful. That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. So an angel could not. Could not, cannot, could not. I don't know how did I get here <laughs> when we're talking about uh we're still on Robans 22. Okay, so let let's hurry up. I'm trying to do a 30-minute mark for today's podcast episode. So verse um okay, so it says the chain the glory of incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Verse 24, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. Okay? God gave them up to uncleanness. Now, when we say God gave them up, you have to realize it's like saying God gave up. <laughs> right? It's not like God was holding, God did allow, say, okay, no, Allah. God giving them up is like saying God is removing his hand from the matter. Alright? He's saying you want to do your own thing, you don't want to have life with me okay fine i will leave you open to the consequences of your actions are you seeing that yeah that's and that's actually many times how god deals with people fine you don't want no Allah. i'll leave you open to the consequences of your actions and is this this applies to you and me when we decide to go our own we do our own thing you understand i mean we we have no idea how much the hand of god is on us how much his hand of protection is on us how much he's actually doing for us but when God says, when you are insistent, Bible says that, you know, if you look at the book of Noah, God said there, my spirit will not strive with man forever, right? His day shall be 120. Talking about the fact that when the time of Noah was, you know, was happening, God said, look, this is not going to happen <laughs> for, for forever. No, there's going to be a limit to this. And it was when Noah entered, because God was also extending his mercy. When Noah entered the ark, the flood came. You see that? So, the same way God will not strive about forever. Here, God, you want to go your own way. No, wahala. You see, that's the beautiful thing about God. He doesn't force us. He doesn't. He doesn't force us. Genesis, when Adam decides to go his own way, didn't force him. He said, no, wahala. You can go your way. So, he gave them up to uncleanness in the desires of their, or the lusts, actually desires of their hearts. Right? What is in the desire of their heart now? uncleanness he gave them he led them to uh, to to really enjoy the the will i say the consequences of departing from god so he gave them up to uncleanness 
in the lust of their hearts. That is, this is what I want. And really, if you think about sin, sin is about the lust of your heart. Sin is about your desires apart from God. Sin is about, it's, it's a war between what pleasures you versus what pleasures God. It's a war between what God wants and what you want. Or what God wants for you and what you want for yourself. There's always that interplay, that that war on the inside. And that's why what we call yieldedness is to surrender to the will of God. To say, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, but God knows, right? Yeah. So in the desires of their heart, it says to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Now, to the word dishonor would mean to reduce the value. Honor means to place worth and value, ascribe value and worth on something. Dishonor is to reduce or take away the value from something. So it says, so it says to dishonor their bodies, to take away the value, the worth, to see their bodies as nothing. So um, I want to say that even when it comes to the body, there are things that God tells us about the body, and He tells us in honor. That is, honor your bodies. Carry your bodies properly. You get, because I have put value on your bodies. You should put value on your bodies. And if you put value on your bodies, there are some things you don't do. So to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So it's not as you dishonor your body, but you dishonor the bodies of others. So let me use, an, for when a person goes and you, for example, have sex outside marriage, what are you doing? You know, the Bible says marriage is honorable, the bed on the file. In other words, how you would honor your body is in marriage. How you would place value and worth on your body is in marriage. It's one person with God's intention. When it's outside marriage or anything that has to do with the body outside of God's will and plan is to dishonor it because the best possible plan for the body is what God designed it for. That's the best possible plan. So when you go do anything else with your body, that God did not plan for, you are telling your body, you have no value to me. So I'm going to use you anyhow. Do what I want to do with you. Are you seeing that? Okay? So, verse 25, where I think we're going to stop. It says, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie? Okay? The truth of God and his, exist- his existence, his preeminence, his place in their lives, for a lie and worshipped and served creation rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen let me even say this in closing you can even worship worship your body like worship is <laughs> let me say this whoever you you know bible says that whoever you yield yourselves servants to obey becomes your master when you begin to obey your body your body wants this your body wants that and in the bid to obey your body, for example, to eat, to for sex, for whatever, in the bid to obey your body, wherever you get to a point whereby you begin to disobey God in the bid to obey your body, you are making your body God. Because wherever you yield yourself to obey, you get, becomes your master at that point. So, <laughs> if there's anything you can get from this particular episode, it's that God has a rightful place there is a creator he is god made everything made you made me and god has his rightful place in your heart his rightful place as lord over you as father 
as maker. And that we have to acknowledge that and realize we don't know what we're doing. But God knows. And by surrendering to that God, by surrendering to his love, we will actually see our lives much better than without God. Hallelujah. Okay, guys, that is it for today. I believe you've been blessed. So do share this with somebody. Reflect on what you've learned. And I'll catch you guys tomorrow. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again, 0106-207-685-GT Bank. God bless you.